Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. That is in the old Dixieland historic area, directly behind the Southside Dry Cleaners that's located on South Florida Avenue. If you find it, my office is literally directly behind it. Today, I thought we would cover cover a couple of topics, maybe even as many as three, depending on how timing goes. Uh, I was going to go back and touch on uh, the Curtis Reeves trial, which I discussed about three weeks ago. Uh, in fact, it Probably was three weeks ago today that we talked about it because the trial was starting at that point. Uh, that was the case up in the Dade City, Pasco County area involving uh, 71-year-old Curtis Reeves who was at a movie theater uh, getting ready to watch a movie. And it turns out the movie was Lone Survivor. Uh, not trying to be ironic out of it. That just happened to be the movie. And a... Not confrontation, maybe, is the best word to try to use on that, occurred between him and a gentleman by the name of Chad Olson. Uh, it ultimately led to Mr. Reeves going out and trying to complain about Mr. Olson's use of his cell phone during the uh, advertisements that we all know and see before the movie starts. And, and part of those even tell us, don't be using your phone in the movie theater, but Mr. Olson was anyway. Um, and so he complained about it. Nothing was done. Uh, apparently the argument or confrontation somewhat escalated once he went back inside. And ultimately, Mr. Olson stood up, and this is on videotape, he stood up and at the very least threw popcorn hitting Mr. Reeves with it. And there is some indicators that there may have been even a cell phone thrown by Mr. Olson and hitting Mr. Reeves with the cell phone. Now, as I had discussed with you before when we talked about this case, the age of Mr. Reeves has a lot to do with ultimately how this verdict potentially was reached. <clears throat> Mr. Reeves, at the time of the incident, was 71 years of age and was 78 roughly at the time of the trial that occurred uh, this last three-week period of time. But at the time of the incident would have been 71. And I went through, at the previous show, a complete analysis of how Stand Your Ground, also self-defense even, would have applied in this particular case based on the fact that you are entitled to be able to use forcible defense of yourself uh, in the situation where you are the subject of a forcible felony. And I went through the laundry list of the forcible felonies, and ultimately, a battery on an elderly person, and this is a battery on an elderly person, even if it is just popcorn, it's still a battery on an elderly person, would be sufficient justification and provocation under the law in Florida. And a lot of people just think, well, okay, that's just not right. I, I understand what you think, but jurors, when they are brought in, um, they are asked if they will follow the law. They ultimately swear an oath to follow the law. And so 
when they're brought in, you have to focus then, if, if the law is on your side, from a defendant's perspective, you have to focus on that law and be able to, uh, to get them to understand that using the law, they have to follow it. And if they do, the ultimate verdict would be not guilty. Now, this case took quite a while for it to get going, and, and it took almost a week just to get a jury. Um, so after that, the actual testimony went pretty quick and two weeks is how long it took for the testimony to be through from the state's perspective. And then the defense put on a a case as well, including Mr. Reeves. And a lot of people go, okay, was that a smart idea? It was an absolutely great idea to put him on. Uh, the guy is a trained law enforcement officer that had retired He's probably testified in a court numerous times before, so he would know how to deal with handling questions and answers. Uh, it's still uncomfortable for anybody to have to testify like that. Oh, we have a caller. Go ahead, caller. Hey, this is Gordon. Listen, I want to thank you for explaining how that simple battery could be bumped up to a felony because of his age. That was the thing that tripped me up, and a lot of people, you, you were on Facebook and here, and you did a great job. But this one thing I'm confused about how in the world would the, um, the elderly guy that was a cop formerly get upset when someone was texting if texting doesn't make any noise? And okay. I know it's not a heavyweight legal question, but I'm confused. Okay, let me let me hit that one for you. And I don't know about upset. I'm not sure upset's the right word, Gordon. It was, an, it was probably annoying to him because the gentleman, Mr. Olson, was seated in front of him at the theater. And you're in a dark movie theater, and when somebody okay. is playing on their cell phone, that's a light that's in front of you. Okay. Uh, I, I was just on my cell phone a few minutes ago. And I, even in this radio station, I, I'm sure somebody, if they looked hard enough, would see that light. Well, when you're in a dark theater and you're trying to focus on whatever's going on on the big screen, that light that can be shining off of that cell phone can be a huge distraction. And especially when the movie itself's going on, and now we pair it with the fact that it's the movie Lone Survivor, and I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but that is an extremely intense movie because of uh, the what's contained in it and how it, it, it evolves during the course of the movie. Um, I, have you ever seen that movie or no? No, no, but your explanation, okay. I forgot about the fact that it was a dark theater. You, it makes perfect sense. I don't know that I would have gotten that upset. Um, I, I mean, I mainly argue, and I, I'm not a violent person, um, so I, I won't. I don't, I don't think that that guy really should have gotten the, that upset. But I can under. But your explanation is perfect. Well, and he probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have got that upset out of it, Gordon. The problem is, I, it's very hard for me because I'm not 71 yet, and I don't think you are either. No. It's very hard for me to put my mindset into what a 71 year old's mindset would be sitting in a movie theater. That's apparently a crowded movie theater. That's what part of the testimony was. So there may not have been a whole lot of options for him to be able to try to move somewhere else. Yeah, it's a real sad thing, but I'm going to jump out of here because I know you're pressed for time. Thanks a lot, Tony. Well, thank you, and appreciate you calling in, Gordon. So as Gordon was talking about there, it's hard for us to put ourselves into that position simply because I'm not 71 years of age. I've got a few years left to go on that, about 12 more, and I'll be there. And... I'm not, you know, I can feel my age now. I'm, I'll be 59 next month, or actually the month starting tomorrow. I'll, during this month, I turn 59. I'm not the same person I was physicality-wise when I was in my 30s and 40s. 
Uh, it takes me longer to recover from issues. So we're going to go ahead and talk about this more after the break. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the League of Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. We've been talking about the Curtis Reeves trial. Like I said, it concluded uh, on Friday, actually. They sent it out to the jury on Friday, and the jury returned the same day. I think it was like three or four hours uh, that they were out, give or take an hour somewhere along the way, and came back with not guilty across the board. And as I had indicated, pursuant to the analysis I made about three weeks ago, uh, that would be the lawful verdict if they follow the law in the case. Uh, A lot of people probably think I'm nuts. They're like, wait a minute, why is somebody shooting somebody over a popcorn incident? And I have to get people to not overgeneralize or oversimplify what really happened. Uh, you've got an elderly gentleman to begin with who has prior law enforcement training, and a lot of folks say, well, that means he should be held to a higher standard. No, that means it should be, he should be held to the standard that he may have received as part of his training. And part of that training is that law enforcement officers understand when situations can escalate to far greater problems than just a popcorn throwing issue. Uh, They've been dealing with uh, criminal uh, people that have been charged with crimes for years since he is a retired captain. That's probably in excess of 30 years at that point in time. And a lot of the training he received was how to defend himself. But we get back to he's 71 years old when this happens. By the time we get to trial, he's 78, roughly. But at the time of the incident, he's 71. And I'm not trying to say that that in and of itself gives him the justification. It adds to the overall justification. If I were in a movie theater and somebody threw popcorn on me, I'm not pulling a gun and shooting them at that point. Now, if they've thrown popcorn on me and hit me with a phone, I'm not going to say I would shoot them, but... We're stepping closer at that point. The situation is escalating. They're they're using things to hit me with. And this is not another 71-year-old doing this to him. Mr. Olson, at the time of the incident, was 43 years of age. That's a 28-year age disparity in the two of them. My physical capabilities when I was 43 are far greater than my physical capabilities when I'm 59. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Add 12 more years to me, and that even puts me into a completely different posture then. And it may put me in a completely different frame of mind at that point. Now, I do want to kind of hit on the fact that in talking to people since this verdict came down on Friday, and that only gives me three days, but I have talked to some people about it, and I've, if a broad spectrum of people, all the way from people involved in the gun industry to people that are not involved in the gun industry that don't own a gun at all. And the interesting uh, thing I can say out of all of this is that some of the people that are the most sensitive about this uh, concerning 
they don't believe that he should have been acquitted are people from within the gun industry itself. Uh, they think he, he overstepped his bounds by shooting him over popcorn. When I explain to them it's more than popcorn, then they start kind of waffling a little bit more. And this is where the media, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on this station, but I'm going to do it again. The media gives you a narrative. Sometimes it's directionalized by whatever law enforcement agency is doing the investigation. But they do feed you a, 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 a certain spectrum that they anticipate you're going to buy into. And you may not get everything you need to hear before you start formulating your opinions. Yes, we have another caller. Go ahead, caller. Hello. I'm way over 65. I'm 100. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. And I'm a crack shot, by the way. Uh, congratulations, ma'am. Yeah, my husband taught me. And I no longer have my guns. I gave them to my son. Okay. I can't imagine... What was going on in an elderly man's head? I could never do what he did. And, and ma'am, I, I would. I'm, I not, would I'm not trying would, to say that I agree with him morally. Okay. Morally, maybe it's right, but one has to grow old with intelligence. I, and when I, you use it the full way, you don't do that sort of thing. And ma'am, I don't all disagree of us with you at, at one all. time or another have had some nasty little person. Treat us bad. They don't care how old you are. But you just don't do it. No, and, and ma'am, I don't necessarily disagree with you whatsoever. I was approaching this when I was doing the previous show, and I'm approaching it from this one as well, that under our laws in the state of Florida, he technically was justified in doing what he did in those particular circumstances. It wasn't just the popcorn. There was also testimony about the phone being tossed at him. Mr. Olson standing, he's seated. So we've got a disparity in age, physical ability, and who's being the aggressor at that point in time. There was no testimony that Mr. Reeves had physically gone towards Mr. Olson whatsoever. And it's the totality of those types of circumstances that led it to that particular posture. But I don't agree, disagree with you at all. Morally, I would never have put myself into the position of shooting somebody over a movie theater popcorn incident, popcorn or phone. Okay? So morally, I agree with you. Are you still there? Well, yes, okay. I'm there. Okay. But I can't imagine anyone doing it. I can't either. And but I me. certainly, if I were a lawyer, wouldn't want to have that older man to defend. Well, ma'am, I, I've defended a lot worse than something like that. So I hear what you're saying, but we're all entitled to defenses under our form of justice and with under our Constitution. And I've had to defend some people that I didn't like, but that doesn't mean they're not entitled to the defense. Okay? Well, yeah, I'm from New England, and I think things would have gone differently. I'm sure they would have. You need to understand, this jury trial was done in Dade City, Florida. Yes. Now, I'm not sure that trial would have turned out any differently here in Polk County, but it might have gone differently even in Orlando or Jacksonville or possibly even Tampa because of your demographical makeup of what's there. Okay? Yeah. All righty, ma'am. Well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye. So as we've been talking about, and you just got to hear from a, a lady that's also 100 years old, she can't imagine the guy doing that. 
there has been feedback from all kinds of different directions, both in favor of the gentleman being able to defend himself and against him. Yes, we have another caller. Go ahead, caller. Yes, I think I talked to you last week about this, and uh, I'm glad the verdict came down because, uh, you know, as a former, been in worked for the feds for 20 years and in law enforcement prior to that, and I understand his mindset. I mean, I've been in the same situation. I've had, you know, a real smart alley come up and threaten me and push me and everything like that, and I've, you know, always managed to resist it as much as I can about reacting. But sometimes you don't have much time. I've had a guy pull a knife on me, a gun on me, and, uh, I mean, I'm no spring chicken, but I've been trained, and most of them ended up on the ground crying. I understand. And, and, uh, and see, that's why it's nice not to hurt them. <laughs> and see, that's why it's nice to have you call in right behind the other lady, because I'm going to exp- I'm going to guess. Are you over sixty five? Oh yes, I'm okay. heading on to eighty. Isn't it? Okay, well, <clears throat> she was a hundred, and you're at eighty. We've got two people that are both over that age of sixty five, which is the magic demarcation line here in the state of Florida for battery on an elderly person. And both of y'all have diametrically opposed positions on how you would handle something like that. And that's why it is a good topic to talk about as to what is justifiable use and non-justifiable use of force in this state. And it seemed odd right out of the box when I was talking about this as being popcorn, and yet I still believed it was a a viable defense for the stand-your-ground law and self-defense because of the fact that he's over 65 and a battery was being committed on him. And, and you're law enforcement. You know, uh, that my chief always told me that somebody throws the drink at you and popcorn at you, the next thing they're going to do is cut your throat or yeah. shoot you. Yeah, it's a distracting type Yeah, distraction, right. And it's hard to get that across, though, to people that have not been in law enforcement before. And well, I reversed this one time. About two years ago, a tried, guy tried to rob me. He had his gun in his waist. And, uh, of course, in that case, I move in with a gun, with a knife I run. Yeah. And I dropped uh, a $5 bill on the ground. I said, here, as soon as I dropped it, it enough distraction for me to, you know, take him down. Yeah. So I reversed the whole situation. And, and that's just being able to be cognizant of the situation and aware of it and be able to use your circumstances in your favor. Right. Most people, I'm sure, aren't trained for that. No. Different situations like that. but. I've been in some bad situations, and I've always managed to get out of them without killing somebody. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in, and I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Bye. All righty, folks. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and we'll go into more of this after the break. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. Now, folks, as you have seen from the callers calling in, we have had a huge divergency already, and these the two of them are over 65 years of age. Uh, in in their positions concerning the justifiability of this type of self-defense. And that's part of the reason I brought this up three weeks ago. That's part of the reason I'm bringing it back up today. The people that support the conviction of Mr. Reeves 
are people that seem to be focusing on whether he should have done it. And I'm, I'm using that in quotation marks, whether he should have done it. The people that are in support of a not guilty verdict on this are people that seem to be more indoctrinated towards following the law. Now, you need to understand that when you're on a jury, you are sworn to follow the law. Whether you like the law or not, you are sworn to follow it. We have a lot of those kind of issues come up even, believe it or not, in marijuana cases now. Uh, Because of the medical marijuana cards and a lot of people believing it should be legalized, technically in Florida, if you do not have the medical marijuana card and it's not a medically dispensed marijuana, but you still have stuff that you've purchased from your, your neighbor or your dealer down the street, whatever it is, if you have that in your possession, that is illegal. Well, we end up going to trial, and a lot of times part of the issue is getting a jury that will follow the law. So many of them just sit there and go, I can't do this because I don't think it should be illegal. Well, it is illegal. And so that I'm trying to give you a simple analysis of something where it's not always as simple as it seems to get a jury to do their actual job of following the law. Um, And there's a huge distinction between our moral obligations in society and a person's legal right. And I think that's, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the lady that called in. I Morally, I don't think I would shoot somebody under the circumstances in, in that case. But again, I'm not 71 years old. And your ability to defend yourself is diminished when you the older you get a lot of times. Not always, but most times. Our physical ability diminishes. Um, morally, though, shooting somebody over something as stupid as... as Texting and and throwing popcorn, even if he threw a phone, get up, go back outside, get your money back, and go some other time. And a lot of people go, well, my pride. No, just get out of there at that point. There's no reason to let it escalate. But long and the short of it is, and and I'm going to use somebody else's terminology that I can't stand. We're going to circle back here for a minute. The other issue on this, though, is what was the 43-year-old thinking when he threw popcorn and potentially a phone at a 71-year-old man? And he's doing it from a standing position while the other guy is seated. I, I mean, I can't imagine being that, day, that, that stupid under those circumstances. The guy's 71 years old. Maybe he is a crotchety old man. That doesn't mean you get into a fight with him. I mean, have a little common sense yourself. There's an old adage, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. And he got the stupid prize that day. He died. If he had not thrown the popcorn, not thrown the phone, not initiated a a potentially violent situation with an elderly person, the man would still be alive today with his wife. Or at least we think he would be. He might have died of something else between now and then. But at the very least, he would have survived that day. All he had to do was either ignore the old man or get up and move himself. And I'm not trying to say that he should have died over this, but he created some of his own problems. Yes, go ahead, caller. Um, I have a couple of points on that uh, the whole setup. First off, the old man instigated it all. 
Well, um, I, I understand there was some di- there was some discourse back and forth, but the old man did go outside and try to get somebody to deal with it, and the movie well, theater, for whatever it. reason, didn't deal with it. First off, previews, he's texting his daughter. Texting like your daughter during previews is nothing to get riled up about. And, and That's I, where it started. I, and I don't the disagree man, with you on that. The old man got into it. And after that, he threatened them, and he went to the uh, to the clerk or the counter, and he told them, you know, this is what happened. And then he comes back, and he tells them, well, they'll have somebody out here to deal with you when they get back. He smarted off to the guy. He got out of his chair threw popcorn on him. Okay, and uh, there's where the problem lies. If he sits there and shuts his mouth, the, the guy that's texting, and doesn't throw the popcorn, guess what? He's still alive. Yeah, but the old man provoked him, went out there, came back and told him, I got people coming to deal with you. And maybe so he, he did. He didn't leave it alone. He I understand. pushed it. No, he so never pushed him. See, we got to be real self. You're calling it pushing when you're talking about saying something to somebody. That's not pushing. Okay. Because Next. that that would be an actual physical altercation. That's a whole different issue at that point. Well, which the issue, it's not physical. But no. uh, and something else, they they said it in the trial that he was uh, not so up to date in his head. He was all kind of senile and stuff. What the hell is he doing with a gun? Excuse me. Well, and I'm not disagreeing with you if that is, in fact, the case. If he was old and senile, he should never have gone to trial to begin with. They should have had an incompetency issue. So apparently exactly. that apparently that was not quite as bad as somebody made it out to be. Yeah, but like I said, uh, somebody like that shouldn't be walking around with a gun. Okay. There are a, there's laws against that. Well, okay. But he, my understanding is he had a conceal. Let me interrupt you a minute. He had a concealed weapons permit, and nobody had done anything to petition the court to have that concealed weapons permit withdrawn from like him. It, like I said, his uh, the def- defense here, or you know, prosecuting people trying to prosecute him, uh, they didn't do their job. Well, they may have done all they could with what they had. Sometimes you, that's, that's all you can do. I mean, you put the facts on, and you have to let the jury ultimately make the decision. Well, I see a lot of loopholes. Like I said, they definitely didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And the well, picture of the phone afterwards. And let me, um, let me correct you on something. A loophole, this is not a loophole. This is a constitutional right. When you have the ability to carry a firearm and you have a license to do so, that is a constitutional right, and the right to defend yourself is part of our rights in this state as well. That's not a loophole. And he shot an innocent person in a movie theater. Well, you yell fire, you go to jail. Fired a gun in there, and that lady, that that guy's wife got shot too. Well, so not only did he kill somebody, he shot an innocent bystander. Okay, and sir, I'm going to help you a little bit with the facts on that. My understanding is she got shot in the hand when her hand right. went in front of her husband. So well, that's her that, arm was around him. Okay, and he it may very well have been. Like I said, the defense or whatever you want to call this, you know, his lawyer definitely didn't do his job. In the city, if they gave him a permit at his age to still run around with a gun, being half senile, you know, they're screwed up too. 
Sir, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute because we're getting ready to go to break anyway, but I want to clarify a couple things. There is no age limit on a person's constitutional rights to be able to carry a firearm for self-defense. Mental rights. Okay, well, there is limitations on that, and that can be raised in the form of requesting a risk protection order or sending a request through the Department of Agriculture for somebody to be able to demonstrate that they are still cognitive in the ability to be able to continue to carry a concealed firearm. That can happen if somebody's ability deteriorates so far. So there are ways of dealing with those issues if they exist. Okay? And you didn't do any of them. All righty. Well, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you. So now we've even heard another viewpoint on this. Um, again, I want to reiterate to people, there is nothing wrong with a 75, an 80, or an 85, or a 90, or a 100-year-old owning, possessing, and using a firearm to be able to potentially defend themselves under the correct circumstances. Just because somebody's elderly does not mean they're not abil- uh, they don't have the ability uh, to be able to use a firearm in an appropriate means. And so I, I want to make sure that is clarified at this point. And I still want to go back to the fact that if Mr. 43-year-old Chad Olson had acted appropriately as well, none of this would have occurred. Now... There's going to be a measure of punishment as it would relate to uh, Mr. Reeves. He's still got to live his last remaining days. And I'll go into this a little bit more after the break. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Eagle Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call in, the number is 863 863- 682-1430 to contact me at my office. The number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. We have had a great response in today's show. Uh, nice having all the callers with their different opinions. We've seen people that understand and the, uh, the application of the actual law. We've also had people that have got opinions based on what they saw. Uh, they may not be legally an opinion, but they are their personal opinions based on what they've seen. And it's nice to have that interaction, though. It's a discussion that needs to be had. And so legally, where we're at with this is the jury made the, the correct verdict based on the law. Is it correct morally? Probably not. I cannot imagine shooting somebody over them throwing popcorn at me. Um, again, we don't understand the totality of the circumstances because we were not there. I'm also not 71. I'm 59 or going to be 59 shortly. And so it's hard for me to put myself into that position. Yes. Go ahead, caller. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just, I was, this case, I was wondering if I didn't watch the whole details of it. If the 43 year old might've threatened the, the older gentleman you know, physically threatening. And, and that part, I don't know. I didn't watch the totality of the case. I was just aware of the popcorn throwing, and you can actually see the popcorn throwing on the video that was yes, demonstrated to the jury. My understanding is there was also some testimony about a phone being thrown, thrown at the older gentleman. I don't know yeah. whether that was able to be seen on the video, uh, but it was definitely part of some testimony that was presented. Um, I, as far as threats that may have come back and forth, that I do not know. 
Um, I would say that anytime you have a 43-year-old male standing up, turning around, and then throwing something at a 71-year-old seated male or female, that's a different, I mean, that is not a good position to be putting yourself into. No, it's not. He, and yeah. there's no telling what, what kind of words were being passed back and forth. Correct. You know. And, it, you know, that's just an escalation beyond where it needed to go. If he didn't like what the old man was doing and saying, he also had the opportunity to get up and move to some other place in the movie theater. Correct. Uh, or Correct. just keep his mouth shut and grin and bear it. You okay. know, it it becomes an issue of why are you acting that way towards an elderly person? Um, yep. And I'm not trying to use elderly as an excuse, but we need to respect our elders. The older I get, the more I kind of think that might be something that needs to be taught better. I was yeah. taught when I was in school to respect my elders, even if they were in their 20s and I was in my teens. So when we get up yep. to the, the post-65 age bracket, it's time that we start at least respecting them. We don't have to agree with them, but we can respect them. Yep, that's and correct. This guy would be alive if he had not gone to the extent that he did in the confrontation. Yep. So, well, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, folks, now that you've heard, I mean, we're, we're hearing all kinds of different perspectives on this today, and that's exactly what I've heard within the community, all kinds of different perspectives. And even as I had indicated before, some of the way this verdict came out the way it did was probably where it was tried. Dade City is still a somewhat rural community, even though it is being mobbed by people moving in from up north. And I can tell you that because I've driven through there. I go through there probably at least once every two to three weeks. Um, And it is changing in its uh, makeup of citizenry around there, but it's still by and large fairly rural. Uh, The difference between Dade City and Newport Ritchie, which are parts of the same county, as far as what makes up your jury pool, is completely different. And so that can have an impact on how and which way one of these kinds of trials goes. I do want to touch on what we're dealing with internationally right now. Uh, And I say we. It is affecting us, whether we like it or not. The issue with Russia invading Ukraine the way it did. And you may say, why is he talking about this on a law show? It is a violation of international law for one country to impose its will or militarily invade another country. And now, what are the remedies involving that? Well, a lot of it depends on how the war ends up turning out. I I don't mean to be kind of being cued out of that, but if Russia ends up overtaking the Ukraine and the Ukraine gets annexed into Russia with either a puppet being put in charge of it or uh, Putin being in charge of the whole country, probably less is going to actually happen to Russia than if Russia ends up losing out of this issue and having to withdraw troops from it. Putin himself is probably going to face issues within his own country, but he may also face some issues internationally. These sanctions that have been imposed, and I don't want to get too political on this, they are not going to have, by and large, an immediate impact on Russia. And that's simply because, one, they take a while for any of these things to really have any kind of an impact. 
the ones that would have a more immediate impact have not been imposed, i.e., if we started dealing with our own oil here again in this country, uh, like we were doing in the previous administration, it would keep the cost of the oil down. We're actually buying oil from Russia, folks, and we still are as of today. All these sanctions that have been imposed, we're still buying oil from Russia. And Russia and OPEC, and I'm not going to go into OPEC and what they are, but you can look it up. It's really not hard. It's the oil-producing conglomerate. Uh, involves most of the Middle East countries, are able to price fix right now, and it's driven the cost of a barrel of oil to at least double, maybe even triple what it was from two years ago. That's why you're seeing gas prices spike at the gas pump, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. If we would rescind the orders concerning oil production in this country, and let it go back to the normalcy it had from before that, oil pricing would normalize and it would bring gas prices back down. It would stabilize our inflationary rates and probably bring the inflationary rate down. It would put us in a better economic situation, and that would have a direct correlative effect on the financial ability of Russia to continue to maintain its military position in this case. They have made a fortune off of selling oil in the last year and a half to us. Not even a year and a half, a year and a couple months. Plus, they've been selling oil to Germany. And it allowed them to be able to stockpile a ton of money uh, in which to be able to try to uh, finance this type of operation. It emboldened them to do it. The other part of what I want to address on this, and I, I actually started seeing what we call memes over the weekend on some of the social media sites, what if all that equipment we left behind in Afghanistan was available at this point to be able to shift to the Ukraine? Instead of being cannibalized by the leftover Taliban that's sitting there, which was then probably sold off to China and Russia, giving them insights into our technology, uh, if it had been shifted to some of these other border countries in order to help them. And we're not talking about bringing it all the way back to the U.S. Just don't leave it there and abandon it in a country that's not going to be favorable to us. Let it be used by a country that is favorable to us. But I could sit here and what if and hypothecate all day long. The long and the short of it is it wasn't done. It was mismanaged. And we've left a bunch of equipment there. But quite frankly, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we don't see some of it in Russian soldiers' hands. So we've got very little in the way of short-term effect by these sanctions. Uh, Long-term, there will be some effect, but short-term, it's very little. And we've got equipment that's sitting over there in a country that it could have been used by a country, some other country. It could have been used by Poland to fortify their defenses, Germany to fortify their defenses. So long and the short of it is we're sitting here and it's complete mismanagement. And as a result, we've got violation of international law by Putin, but whether he will ever be prosecuted for it will have to remain to be seen as the victor, so goes the spoils many times. 
Uh, one last thing I want to talk about. I just literally within the last 30 minutes saw that the wonderful Florida bar in the state of Florida has approved yet another law school. And as you are very well aware, I'm already at a position where I hate what's going on within my profession. Uh, there's too many law schools in Florida. We already had 12. There will now be a 13th law school in the state of Florida, producing God knows how many lawyers. I believe right now we have over 100,000 licensed lawyers in the state of Florida. Folks, we don't need any more lawyers. We've got probably 50,000 too many now. So to produce another law school is nothing but another monetary grab within our state education system. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. I look forward to talking to you next week. And you've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM.